What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Sex is the life force energy that runs through us all. Can you use sexual energy for your spiritual evolution or perhaps for emotional healing? Is it even possible? Clinical sexologist Dr. Martha Tara Lee will explore all these and more on Eros Evolution on Own Times Radio. about sex as a sacred journey from womb to end of life with Veronica Monet and uh, she's on a mission to heal shame and connect people to their personal power. She believes that sexual energy is the most powerful and transformative energy in the universe and she teaches her clients how to connect their spiritual path to their sexual expression. Veronica Monet is the founder of the Shame Free Zone and the author of Sex Secrets of Escorts, which have been translated into many languages around the globe, including German, Spanish, Romania, and recently Czech. She has been profiled in the New York Times and appeared multiple times on many international radio shows, such as, or as well as CNN and Fox. Ms. Monet is currently a relationship coach who teaches her clients her five steps to exclusive partnership, a system for using conflict as an opportunity to enjoy greater and deeper intimacy. You can learn more about her by going to her website, theshamefreezone.com. In today's show, we're going to be talking about shame, especially sexual shame. As a certified sexologist, she's on a mission to educate adults on their sacred sexual birthright. She will review the average age when most children begin to masturbate and when our relationship with our sexuality changes over time, often in ways that are destructive to our well-being. She will provide clear steps for reclaiming our sacred sexual birthright our shameless connection to our sexual natures and the joy and passion which sexual energy infuses in every aspect of our lives. So welcome, Veronica. 
Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Just so very, very glad. Isn't it wonderful how small our globe has gotten where I can be in California in the United States of America and you can be over in Singapore and it's as if you and I are sitting here right together. I just love that. Yes, indeed. Um, having this show has allowed me to connect to fellow sexologists around the world. I have uh, been feeling uh, for a long time quite isolated and uh, it's really awesome to connect with you in this way. Oh, wonderful. Well, you're not isolated, you're not alone, and I love the intro to your show. I was literally raising my hands to the heavens while I was listening to into your show. It's so resonant with my mission here. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I've, I've always been interested in sexuality and spirituality, but I really didn't understand the link between the two uh, until I started the show and I started asking different people what they thought about it. So uh, I'm, I'm very curious uh, what you feel about the, uh, is the link between the two. Well, you know, I grew up in a very uh, rigid Christian cult, which was very sex negative. And as a result of that, there was a lot of sexual abuse in our family and in our extended family and in our church. And I think this is kind of indicative of how sexual shame drives our natural sexual desires and urges underground where they become actually forms of violence. And having witnessed that as a child, I really wanted to find a different way of living, something that was uplifting and positive and honoring of personal boundaries and at the same time celebratory of sensuality and physical pleasures. So um, I first, I think I left home and became a very rebellious, promiscuous young lady, but eventually when I was graduated from college, married and had children, I entered the sex industry and I pursued it as sacred sex, as a gift to my clients and a way of uplifting the vibration on this planet. And um, that was very much where my spiritual journey around sexuality began as, as, a, as an escort who was getting paid. And um, I became a political activist and spoke out on a lot of media outlets as, as you've just informed the listeners. But that whole journey for me has been amazing, and I've taken a lot of classes in Tantra and sacred sexuality and sacred prostitution, and, and then my, just my own personal journey, it, I have found that my relationship with sex and spirituality have become so conflated, so a part of each other, that I scarcely know how to separate them. And about 10 years ago, I actually started using um, masturbation as a sacred sexual ritual so that I would pair it with my creative visualization and my affirmations. And um, it, you, kinda, you could say it's a se the sexy version of The Secret. If you're familiar with the movie The Secret and the book The Secret, the things that we think about materialize in our life. And I actually have found that if you can think about creatively visualize and affirm certain things that you really want to bring into your life at the moment of orgasm, I think that 
we open our energy centers at that point to really just allow that to flow in. And our minds are much more open. Our hearts are much more open. And so we're um, more easily influenced by our own affirmations and intentions. But the other aspect of that for me is really about the bonding principle that sex can bring, too, and how it can cement a relationship, how it can help drive that relationship to be part of your spiritual path as well. And, and then the third aspect of this, so there's the personal, de your development with self, and your, se your, sexu your sexuality and your spirituality are really married to each other. And then there's how we bond with others. And then thirdly, there's how we merge with the divine. And a lot of people who approach Tantra and sacred sexuality have experienced this. There's a beautiful book by Dr. Jenny Wade, um, and it's called Transcendent Sex, and it just documents ordinary people who've never taken classes and didn't even know that sex and spirituality could be the same thing, who've had these spontaneous mm -hmm. spiritual sexual experiences. And uh, a lot of times it has to do with merging with the divine, this sense of timelessness, this place where you're kind of out of your body and you are in a, an altered state that a lot of people will take a lot of good drugs to try to get to. But, but really, all you have to do is start this, this sacred sexual journey, and that's where it's going to take you. So mm. that's, that's kind of a, a summary of what. That's awesome. So you say uh, the two things. One is the relationship with self, and the second, uh, bonding with partner. Was, was that third? And the, and the third is merging with the divine. Okay, got it. Merging with the divine. Which you said uh, um, ordinary people were, were having those experiences because I, I feel that that's what's natural. Yes. And, uh, it just comes forth. Yes. Yes, if once you remove the shame... Once you remove the shame, it is natural. Unfortunately, so many people are controlled by shame that they may never have that experience because they're, they're, they're not able to be natural. They're not able to surrender to what they were born with. But, you know, that, that takes us to the whole idea about where does our relationship with sexuality begin? And it actually begins in the womb. It begins before we have our first breath of air before we come out of our mother's womb, before we have our first sip of mother's milk, we most likely, I can't guarantee it because we haven't documented every single fetus on the planet, but it has been documented that both male and female fetuses masturbate. And that really points to how primal, how core the sexual drive is. And if we just think about it as procreation, we are so missing what sex is really meant to be. Um, procreation is certainly one of the beautiful things that sex can accomplish. It can create life. But it is life. Um, we are born from sex. Uh, everything alive on this planet comes from some type of sexual reproduction or we sometimes call it asexual reproduction, but we're still talking about duplicating the cells. 
And when you when you talk about what happens to a sentient being in the womb that is actually experiencing orgasms before it ever gets born, that's really profound. That tells me that sex is actually more crucial to our core identity than some of the basic things that we do to stay alive, like breathe air and eat food. Um, and I think we need to stop thinking of it as optional or often what I call sometimes it gets put into what I call the sexual ghetto. People are putting it off into a corner kind of saying, well, that's uh, separate from the rest of my life. And it's like, no, sex is at the core of your very identity. And until, until we can reconnect with that, we're really missing a big piece of this. And one of the things that I often ask audiences... Oh, I'm sorry. So we have a break. No problem. Your conscious lifestyle on steroids. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of Ohm Times Media, one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community, and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of Ohm Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community. Hi. I'm Kelly Fox, host and astrologer of The Astrology Show. Each week, I'll give you access to the current transits, which are a valuable tool that provide astrological information to help unlock the potential each of us has. Understanding the stars can help steer us in the right direction to make better informed choices. So if you're wondering what's going to happen in your week ahead, be sure to tune in to The Astrology Show for guidance. Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's 6.42 p.m. Time for Steve Plato and his son Dylan to do the dishes. They talk about everything from the yuckiness of girls to the awesomeness of his soccer team. Sometimes they don't talk at all. Then, hey! the dreaded splash fight. It's dad o'clock, and it's the best time of the day. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. 
and welcome back to the show. This is Arab Revolution, where sexuality and spirituality meet. I am Dr. Martha Parali, and I'm with Veronica Monet. And today we are talking about sex as a sacred journey from womb to end of life. And you can find her at theshamefreezone.com. So welcome back to the show. Oh, even even the commercial breaks are fun here. Uh, it's a great channel. So I, one of the things I just wanted to recap for your listeners and kind of um, uh, explain a little further is the idea that I, I often ask people, what is the fetus thinking about when it's masturbating in its mother's womb? And, of course, nobody knows, but it's <laughs> It, it's, it's pretty certain that the fetus is not thinking about falling in love. It's not thinking about getting married. It's not thinking about um, getting rescued by Prince Charming. It's not thinking about the perfect body or figure uh, or Miss America It's not or Miss Universe. It's not thinking about um, having a baby. It's not thinking about pornography. So what is the baby thinking about? And I, I don't know. I have no facts to present, but I have a hunch that that baby is probably not thinking about much of anything except about how wonderful <clears throat> that particular uh, sex act feels. And most of all, enjoying a shameless innocent connection to self. And I think that's what a lot of us are missing. We don't have, or it's difficult to have, a shameless, innocent connection to self. And if you don't have a shameless, innocent connection to yourself, it's really difficult to bring that to sex with another human being. Definitely. Yeah, so we want to get we want to get back in touch with what it means to be innocent and shameless. We want to get back in touch with our core sexual essence, our core sexual truth, the part of us that is full of vitality and laughter and joy and creativity. And um, you know, it's an interesting thing about modern culture. Uh, oftentimes, it kind of tamps down our joy. It asks us to l not be quite as happy as we might be. And, you know, when you look at a room full of adults and a room full of children, the, the big difference between the two is how much laughing and play is going on with the children and, and how oftentimes adults kind of look like they've been beaten down. And I, and I think the sex was really meant to help us reset recalibrate, return to that innocence, that playfulness, that joy, and to rejuvenate ourselves. So it's, it's, it has a lot of functions, a lot of uses, um, a lot of beautiful features. And the more I explore human sexuality, the more I come to see it as uh, just a really beautiful interface with the rest of, of life. Beautiful. So I really appreciate what you're saying about coming back to our sexual innocence, this being the core of our essence, and uh, how we, we need to uh, 
to begin to acknowledge that we could use uh, sex as a way to uh, reset. So how exactly um, do we begin to do that? Well, you know what? It's oftentimes an obstacle for a lot of my clients is that they have started, they've kind of gone down a road of self-pleasuring, which feels kind of taboo. Um, and sometimes their sexual arousal is tied to the idea of trying not to get caught, of uh, avoiding detection. And usually that comes out of two places. One, you're an adolescent, a teenager, uh, trying not to get caught by your parents. And um, in my case, I didn't masturbate until I got to college. I was always trying not to get found out by my roommate in the dormitory that I lived in. And then, and then married couples oftentimes, especially the men, will still masturbate. Oftentimes a woman still masturbates too, but it, it tends to be more men than women, who will continue to masturbate after marriage. And, and there is a lot of motivation not to get caught. So that whole relationship with your sex, with yourself, is uh, fear-based. It's like, how do I find the private time? How do I keep somebody from busting in the door? What about the kids? Um, and then for some people, if they've got the religious overlay, they're actually worried that God is watching. So um, it's that way we, we are very adaptable. And we can start to use all that fear to kind of charge our sexuality and make it really hot. But what if you want to move to a place where it's innocent, where you want to move to a place where maybe you could laugh more? Um, and laughter is so good for sex. A lot of people have sexual problems because they can't get enough blood flow to the genitals. But if you can laugh... It, you will get blood flow to the genitals, and, and it will facilitate an erection. Or in the case of women, it will facilitate the erection of the clitoris and of the, of the whole clitoral complex. So laughter is a really important part of making love, and yet a lot of people have a hard time going into that because they're trying to perform, they're trying to be sexy. And then when they're alone with themselves, they're trying not to get caught. So you can see that sex has a lot of trying attached to it for most of us, and it can turn into a trying experience for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I like nice. to encourage people to start, start having a um, personal sexual ritual and self-pleasuring ritual. And I like to kind of get away from the word masturbation because that has some negative connotations for a lot of people subconsciously. So if we just call it a self-pleasuring ritual, and how do we set that apart from what we learned as children? There's a variety of ways that you can do that, but um, I, I want to hit all five senses. So uh, the sense of smell, we want to arouse that somehow through aromatherapy or incense or something, you know, perfumes, something that really um, puts us into a place of feeling um, our sense of smell heightened. And, and then you want to arouse your sense of hearing. 
So music of some sort is really great. And I try to get my clients to pick um, music that's uplifting and spiritual for them because we're, we're trying to break some of those old uh, mental habits, some of those old ways of thinking. So if we can bring in music that's not... I don't want it to be romantic because then you start focusing on the other or that's whether it's somebody that you're already in love with or somebody you hope to meet someday and fall in love with. Um, and I want this self-pleasuring ritual to really be focused on self and, and your sense of the divine or timelessness or spirituality. So some music that you associate with spiritually uplifting is a great thing to bring into your self-pleasuring ritual. And, you know, our sense of touch is really important. So here's one of the things a lot of people forget to do. They forget to touch themselves. They may touch their genitals, but they're not arousing the nape of their neck or their nipples or their um, legs or their toes or their lips. There's always ways in which they bypass making love to themselves and just try to hurry up and, and you know, get it over with. Um, so we want to touch ourselves in as sensual and loving a way as possible and really appreciate what it feels like on both sides. What's it feel like to, are we, do we need to take a break? Oh, no, no. Oh, okay. I heard, I heard a voice come on. <laughs> All right. No. Yeah. So, um, so touch. so touch and smell and sound and then visual. For people especially who have um, any kind of a negative sensation or relationship with their own body, I ask them if they can engage in a little foreplay in front of the um, mirror. So I, I would like them to um, move maybe dance to some of their their favorite music in front of the mirror, dance naked or dance in something sexy. So they really start to turn themselves on and like what they're seeing. But I, I ask that there be not any pornography or any uh, images of other people because this is a self-pleasuring ritual and I really want the person to connect with self. <laughs> yeah. So how um, often would you recommend that uh, they do this ritual? I'd say at least once a week. Mm -hmm. once, once a week would be really nice. And I ask people to set aside anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. And I much, much prefer them setting aside an hour if they can. So 60 minutes is perfect. 30 minutes minimum. You don't want to try to rush through this. You want to be able to sink into this. And the other thing that you can also do in the self-pleasuring ritual is visualize things that you want to bring into your life. Uh, maybe a hobby or a sport you want to take up, some kind of a professional challenge you want to take on, something, a place that you always wanted to travel to and see, things that might feel like they're kind of out of reach for you. You actually visualize those while you're self-pleasuring yourself and see what a powerful, expansive place this is in. And, and of course, the other thing we want to do is engage the breath. Really, really important that you breathe. A lot of people hold their breath while they're touching themselves. We want to start touching ourselves while we're taking deep, long breaths. And, and part of the thing that you can do with sound is start creating your own sound. 
So if you're able to find the privacy to be able to make sound, this is another thing people do. They hold their breath and they try to be quiet. And we want to get noisy. Mm -hmm. Make noise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. okay. So, so to recap, self-pleasuring ritual would include being very much aware of our five senses, our sense of smell, hearing, touch, visual, and uh, we give suggestions for each of them. And uh, you're recommending that we be very aware of the way we're breathing and also to incorporate the use of sound. And uh, what you're saying is while we're doing this ritual, it could be 30 minutes to an hour, probably longer, once a week, that we also keep in mind the things we want to bring into our lives. So more after this break. Free your mind with Ohm Times Radio, IOM FM. Ohm Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment, a philanthropic organization. Their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Ohm Times. Co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. Hi, this is Julie Geigel. And I'm Alicia Isaacs-Howes. And I'm Catherine Glass. And we're the Psychic Angel Channelers. You can find us every week here on Ohm Times Radio at Angel Talk Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. The angels have heard your call and are here to help. Are you ready? So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Ready to receive? Remember your magnificence with Angel Talk Tuesday. There is no death, only a change of worlds. Chief Seattle. Deborah Livingston is an award-winning intuitive psychic medium whose international services include mediumship, spiritual assessment, animal communication, and spiritual mentoring. She is a published author and a trained shaman. Deborah provides evidential messages from spirit and departed loved ones. Learn more at devlivemedium.com. That's D-E-B-L-I-V medium.com. I am 
want to thank my mommy for loving me so much. For, for taking me to the doctor when I broke my foot. For leaving me alone when I wanted to be alone. And, and now, as a grown-up, I'm thankful for being able to take care of you, my dear mom. For taking you to your therapies. For understanding that sometimes you simply want to be alone. Roles change without us noticing. That's why AARP gives you the information to provide even better care for your loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Iris Evolution. You can listen to this show by going to ontimes.com forward slash mobile and you, you can send this to your friends as well. So using this link, you'll be able to listen to our show without needing to download any app. Today we are talking about sex as a sacred journey from womb to end of life. And we are with Veronica Monet and she is the founder of Shame Free Zone and the author of Sex Secrets of Escorts which has been translated to many languages around the globe. She teaches her clients her five steps to exquisite partnership, and this is a system for using conflict as an opportunity to create and enjoy greater intimacy. Be sure to learn more about her and enjoy her podcast videos and blog by going to her website, shamefreezone.com. So just before break, we were talking about her recommended personal sex ritual, and um, I'd like to find out from you, Veronica, now, uh, do you think if there's such a thing as good shame? No, I don't, and I and I understand that there's not consensus on that topic. I have colleagues that I respect very much who believe that there's good shame and bad shame. Um, and I have found that usually that perspective comes from a religious background or a religious perspective. It's, it, it, that's kind of the, the paradigm around that. I'm more of the Brene Brown school of thought on this. Brene Brown is a um, college professor who's done quite a bit of research and writing on the topic of shame. And um, she distinguishes shame from guilt. So. And, and so do I. I. I think that when we feel guilty, that's about something that we have done. And if we're feeling guilty about something that we've done, that can be a part of our moral compass that can help us to understand um, that something that we did harmed ourselves, harmed others, and, and that we want to change that behavior. But um, when we feel shame, and we can feel shame and guilt simultaneously, when we feel shame, it's more about who we are. We feel bad about ourselves. And I'm just going to step away from sex for a minute and talk about something that most people are, have some familiarity with, and that's domestic violence. So let's say mm -hmm. that a spouse uh, hits his partner um, and feels both guilt and shame. Well, the guilt could be, wow, uh, I hate being that person. I don't want to be that person, so I'm going to go get some help that might motivate him to go get counseling and therapy and really move away from that behavior. Unfortunately, though, if the shame predominates, the shame will say, I'm a horrible human being. I don't deserve to live. I should just kill myself and Believe me, I've seen this a lot, so this is not an exaggeration of how some people respond to shame around domestic violence. And when, when they go into that place, 
They don't take any positive action to learn new behaviors. They don't take any positive action to actually make an amends to the person that they harmed. What they do is they wallow in self-pity until they can't take it anymore, and then they re-perpetrate. So shame actually drives us to re-perpetrate. It drives us to do the same behavior that caused us to feel shame in the first place. And if, if your guilt is something that you say, I feel guilty, but it always results in your doing it again and again, it's probably shame. If, if instead, when you're feeling ashamed of yourself, you say, boy, I feel ashamed of myself, and then you never do it again, you found a concrete uh, way to stop that behavior, and you're thriving, you're having a wonderful life, you love yourself in every other respect, then it was probably guilt. So I look at the fruits. I look at what's the end result that this particular emotion uh, will produce. And if it produces positive change, I call it guilt. If it produces negative associations about yourself, low self-esteem and, and re-perpetration of, of harming other people, I call that shame. And, and for that reason, I don't see anything good about shame. I think it uh, tears us down. It builds walls between us. It causes us to continue to do the same um, agonizing, harmful behaviors over and over and over again instead of having uplifting, positive lives. And we all get to decide what our moral compass is about. We get to decide whether or not uh, we think a particular behavior is good, bad, or in between. Um, so I'm not even attaching any of this to, when it comes to sex, this is where there's so much diversity. And I really like to embrace all sexuality as long as it's adult, consensual behavior. And, um, and within that framework, then, if something makes you feel yucky, that would probably be a good idea to do something else. But there's no reason to feel ashamed about trying it. This is how we learn. So we experiment and we figure out, oh, I like this, I don't like that. It's really hard, though, for people to have that kind of a neutral approach towards sex because there is so much shame around that. And I think the original shame message around sex really does come from religion. If you look at most of the religious doctrines around the world, there are always sexual proscriptions. There's things that are forbidden and taboo sexually. And that kind of sets us up to feel separate from ourselves, and we're not curious, uh, we're, we're frightened. And um, in some ways, I, I believe that probably sex was the first religion, and the only way the religions that came after sex could um, gain an audience and a following was to get rid of sex. So um, you think about it, if sex was this altered state, the ancients knew that it brought us closer to the divine, then maybe you don't need a religion to talk to the divine. Sex becomes your prayer. Um, but the way sex is expressed nowadays, a lot of times, it's more, I think, violence than it is sex. Um, and I'm not, I'm not talking about BDSM, by the way. BDSM can also be part of a really beautiful spiritual, sacred sexual journey. 
I, when I talk about violence, I'm not talking about spankings. I'm not talking about tying each other up. I'm talking about the mental and emotional violence that we do against ourselves and each other when we are shame-based. Mm. Yeah, understand. Agree. Yeah. So I'm very passionate about this topic, as you can tell, Martha. Yeah. And 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 the reason yeah. I'm so passionate about this is because <laughs> I think that sh healing sexual shame is something that could actually lead to a peaceful coexistence on this planet. And I know that you are familiar with this topic. I don't know how much your listeners have heard about it, but I am a huge fan of the bonobos, which is our closest living primate relative on this planet. They look like chimpanzees, but they're not chimpanzees. And they make love. They don't have war. They are the most peaceful primate on the planet, and they're having sex several times a day. And they don't have any shame. They have no shame at all. And they're pansexual. They have homosexual sex and lesbian sex, gay sex. Um, they, they just have a lot of sex. <laughs> and they use it to bond. They use it as a, a way to distress and, you know, the difference between a chimpanzee and a bonobo when it comes to conflict is astounding. The chimpanzee is going to resort to domestic violence, infanticide, rape, murder, and war. they got all the same kind of violence that our human civilizations have suffered from for hundreds of years, thousands of years, actually. But the bonobos don't have any of that. They have conflict. They absolutely have conflict. But they don't have the kind of violence that human beings and chimpanzees have. The worst case that I've heard so far is a bonobo bit off another bonobo's uh, finger. And sometimes they throw poop. But <laughs> that's a far cry. That's a far cry from ripping out somebody's heart and eating their face out, which is what chimpanzees will do. Um, so it's it's I am very passionate about removing sexual shame because I think it could lead to peace. That's really the upshot for me, is creating a more peaceful planet. So what actually fuels this passion that you have about healing sexual shame? More it's, peaceful planet. I would where like does for... Where come from? Where does it... Well, I think a lot of it comes from watching um, how sexual shame fueled uh, incest and uh, rape in my family. I really do. It was just so painful to watch that. And then we see that in the Catholic Church with all of the pedophilia, um, which is often covered up. Um, we, we see this in um, religions that practice female genital mutilation and remove a woman's clitoris or sew up her vagina so that she will enjoy sex less or not at all. Uh, these are all forms of violence. And um, it's, it's sad, it's scary, it's, it's, um, it's, it's needless suffering. We don't need to live on a planet that is so sex-negative and shame-based and violent. It, we really could get along a lot better. And you think about it, when you know that somebody is really grumpy and kind of prone to violence, a lot of times that person is not really having a happy sex life. Uh, we kind of know that instinctively. 
And, and then you find people who are very powerful and empowered and creating beautiful change in this world, and they usually have a vibrant sex life. Now, not always, but often that is the case. Um, I think there's a close association, and I have seen with the clients that I work with that when I help them move away from sexual shame, amazing things happen. I'm thinking about one client who just, uh, she took up dancing uh, because she'd always wanted to do that, and then she got promoted as the vice president of her company, and she found a relationship that was positive and uplifting instead of um, the one she had been in before. So. Removing sexual shame, I have seen, absolutely turn people's lives around in a huge way. And it has implications for long-term health, too. If you have a healthy, happy sexual connection with another human being, you're probably going to live longer and healthier. Um, sex mm -hmm. is, is really important. Relationship is really important. And if our relationships are you know, bound to shame, then uh, they tend to degrade into things that are a lot of bickering and, and, and um, anger and frustration as well. Mm. Great. So uh, we'll come back for the last segment after this break. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Bringing you the best of the conscious minds in the world. Ohm Times Radio, your conscious lifestyle on steroids. The number one reason girls drop out of school in sub-Saharan Africa is lack of access to feminine hygiene products. The Pads for School Girls Project, an outreach of Humanity Healing International, is changing this paradigm by setting up sewing programs at schools, teaching girls a vocational skill, while producing the reusable pads that help keep them attending classes. The girls pay it forward by making and giving pad kits to other girls in need. To learn more, visit HumanityHealing.org. Humanity Healing is where your heart is. Come heal yourself. What is healing? Healing is nothing but connecting with your all-knowing higher self that already has solutions to all your problems and is always there to guide you. Through this show, we help you to connect with that you are and tap into that innate potential you have to transform your life and fly high. Please join me, your host Monica Goyal, every Sunday, 7 p.m. Pacific. Namaste. Hi, this is Christina Ricci with RAIN. Every two minutes, another American is sexually assaulted. If you or someone you know has been sexually assaulted, you are not alone. Help is just a call or click away through the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Please call 1-800-656-HOPE, that's H-O-P-E, or visit RAIN.org, that's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G. Brought to you by RAIN and this station. 
and welcome back to the last segment of today's show, Sex as a Sacred Journey from Womb to End of Life. We talked about how it is when you're in your mom's womb and also your sexuality as an adult and how sex helps you to have a longer and healthier life. You can connect with our guest today, Veronica Monet, by going to her website, The Shamefree Zone. And her email is veronica at theshamefreezone.com. Be sure to get her free gift too, How to Stop Fighting and Love Your Relationship More Than Ever. You can do so by subscribing to her little gift box at shamefreezone.com. And uh, so coming back to the last segment of our show, we are talking about um, how uh, Veronica helps her clients to move past their shame and into a healthier expression of their sexuality. What are some of the other ways uh, that you work with your clients, Veronica? Yes, before I answer that question, and thank you for that question, Martha, I just want to make sure that I bring home the idea of sex, a, a vibrant sex life until we die. Because that was the title of this show today, and I just want to say that here's one of the things that oftentimes you'll hear orgasm referred to as the little death. And there's this way in which at the moment of orgasm, we just let go. We have to let go in order to have an orgasm. And I really think that on some level, it's practice for dying. And if you think about it that way, um, I can't think of a better way to die than to die in the middle of an orgasm. And um, I, um, I know that um, there are other sex educators who have felt that way as well. So I didn't invent that idea. But I tell you one thing I would love to see. I would love to see hospice that actually provided dying people with orgasms. I think that would just be so loving, so kind, so beautiful. And that's the kind of world I'd like to live in. So when I'm working with my clients, I, I used to work as an escort, and obviously I was actually having sex with people and touching their bodies. But I've been a relationship coach now for 12 years, and I don't touch anybody in that way. I give hugs. I give lots of hugs. Um, but I'm, I'm working much more um, with the mind and the spirit now. and Not that I want to separate that from the body in the slightest, but I, I, I give my clients homework assignments that they can do at home with themselves and or with their partners or their partner. And, and then they bring that to me. Um, I keep in touch with them via email and text messaging. I have clients around the world, some as far away as, you know, Australia or uh, the, the Czech Republic even. <laughs> My book just got translated there. <laughs> so it's, it's, I, I love helping people to use uh, their relationship to improve their sex life. I love helping people to use sex to improve their relationship because I, I think they're all connected. And um, mm -hmm. when I'm teaching exquisite partnership, uh, I have five steps to my exquisite partnership and I've actually got a webinar coming up which is next, awesome. next Wednesday the 10th of August. 
So if your listeners sign up for my newsletter, they will get notification of that webinar. It's absolutely free. And in it, I'm going to talk about the three biggest obstacles to long-term relationship happiness, even when you're still in love. And I will also talk about those five steps to exquisite partnership and, and give people more information about uh, my exquisite partnership programs, which usually run about nine months. And when I'm working with clients from other parts of the globe, we usually do Skype sessions um, or uh, sometimes Zoom if they prefer that. But we're actually able to speak to each other as if we're face-to-face -face just by getting on each other's laptops. And um, it's, mm. it's, it's really wonderful. I, I love watching people's lives change on every level as they start to write their relationship with their sexuality. It's amazing all the, the blossoming that takes place and the ways in which people become more creative, more expressive, more assertive, happier, healthier, more joyful, um, more like a bonobo. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. That's great. I, I, I want to make sure that I sign up for your webinar because I'm getting so much from today's um, um, show already and um, I'm very interested to find out what the five steps are. So listeners uh, should definitely uh, sign up at uh, your website, theshamefreezone.com. What are some of the other ways uh, in which you are available to work with your clients? Well, you know, one of the things that is because of all the sexual shame in our culture is we just don't understand the body. And we've got a lot of mythology that's real gender specific. We've got myths about women's bodies and myths about men's bodies. And I really like to teach my clients how to start working with energy because that really tr mm. that transcends the body. And um, I've worked with people who are quadriplegic, people who have no erectile function whatsoever, uh, women who are anaorgasmic, meaning they can't have orgasms. And I, if it's possible to restore physical sexual response, then I will work that for people. And uh, I, I, I know all kinds of things to give them in their homework, what they do at home. They can help them start to change those patterns. And, and I also work with people who are addicted to pornography or addicted to sex. Um, and that is a, kind of an uncommon thing. Usually people who are real sex positive, like myself, don't even believe there is such a thing as sex addiction. I absolutely know there is. There's food addiction. Why wouldn't there be sex addiction? So, um, you know, that's something that's self-defined. As far as I'm concerned, if somebody comes in and tells me that they're a sex addict, the first thing I want to do is find out if they've got shame. But if there's no shame in operation and they're in agony, I take them seriously. And, I, you know, I want to help them move to a place where they feel happy when they go to touch themselves and happy when they go to have sex with somebody else. And, and that's really possible. It's really possible to take an addictive pattern and shift it into something that is holistic and healthy and uplifting. And it doesn't have to conform to society standards around fidelity or marriage or monogamy or anything of the kind. It's really just about shifting our energy and developing a loving relationship with ourselves first and foremost. 
Uh, and then oftentimes just finding out what it is that we're avoiding by doing addictive behaviors, whatever that is. It mm -hmm. could be watching too much TV, you know. It's, that's, that's the way human beings are. We want to avoid sometimes. Um, but when I'm teaching people, in particular about women's bodies, because so much about women's bodies is on the inside, and so much of it has been politicized over the years, so that we had the female prostate, and then it disappeared around the time women were going for the vote on a worldwide basis, and then it reappeared finally, officially, in, um, I think it was 2003, they decided, yes, there is a female prostate. And, uh, most people don't know that. Most people don't know where the O spot is, where the A spot is, where the U spot is. And I'm here to try to teach people all of that, not because I think all those mechanics are going to necessarily lead to a happier sex life, but I think it's really important to see what a beautiful, amazing masterpiece your body is and, and what it's capable of it really points to what you're capable of and how amazing and um, magical and wonderful you are. And there's a lot of men who have watched their girlfriends or wives have these amazing orgasms and felt jealous and thought, well, I can't have multiple orgasms or I can't have a full body orgasm. And so I like to bring the information to men about how their body is far more erotic capable than they have been led to believe and there's all kinds of techniques for leading to a much fuller um, sexual experience as a man too so and you absolutely can have an internal orgasm and you can absolutely have multiple orgasms but you have to learn uh, how to get past some of the, the programming and the stereotypes that we have been led to believe so that's kind mm -hmm. of it in a nutshell as to um, some of the things that I'm interested in. I like to teach people how to work with two of the, the most taboo topics there are, anger and sex. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for coming on to today's show. I really appreciate all the things that you shared with us today. Oh, thank you. It's really been a joy to, to be speaking to you and your listening audience. Thank you. I've been a fan for many, many years now, and uh, it's really, really such a privilege. I, I, I was just so excited when you said yes. Oh, Martha, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, maybe it doesn't show, but that's just the Asian-ness in me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I hope someday I can actually meet you face-to-face, -face, and I would love to see Singapore someday, too. Yes. Do, do visit me. If you ever visit me, I'll bring you around. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you very much. So, listeners, please remember to go to her website, uh, Veronica's Monique's website, and it is the shamefreezone.com. She's offering her free gift, How to Stop Fighting and Love Your Relationship More Than Ever, and you'll also be able to get notification of her free webinar, Five Steps to Exquisite Partnership. And uh, if you enjoyed today's show, then be sure to tune in next week where we'll be talking about raising sexual energy with Paul Baguette. Thank you very much and goodbye.
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.